Praise Jesus. So today's word comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verse 1 through 18. Hoy la, la lectura va a ser del libro de Juan, capítulo 20, versículo del 1 al 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and thought that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, and one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached to the tomb first. He bent down and took in, saw the linen wrapping lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrapping lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus, on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrapping, but rolled up in a place by itself. And the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their home. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be uh, the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you, lay, you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned around and she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. El primer día de la semana, muy de mañana, cuando todavía estaba oscuro, María Magdalena fue al sepulcro y vio que habían quitado la piedra que cubría la entrada. Así que fue corriendo a ver a Simón Pedro y al otro discípulo a quien Jesús amaba y les dijo, se han llevado del sepulcro al Señor y no sabemos dónde lo han puesto. Pedro y el otro discípulo se dirigieron entonces al sepulcro. Ambos fueron corriendo, pero como el otro discípulo corría más a prisa que Pedro, llegó primero al sepulcro. Inclinándose, se asomó y vio allí las vendas, pero no entró. Tras él llegó Simón Pedro y entró al sepulcro. Vio allí las vendas y el, la, y el sudario que había cubierto la cabeza de Jesús, aunque el sudario no estaba con las vendas, sino enrollado en un lugar aparte. En ese momento entró también el otro discípulo, el que había llegado primero al sepulcro, y vio y creyó. 
Hasta entonces no habían entendido la escritura que, de, que dice que Jesús tenía que resucitar. Los discípulos regresaron a su casa, pero María se quedó afuera llorando junto al sepulcro. Mientras lloraba, se inclinó para mirar dentro del sepulcro y vio a dos ángeles vestidos de blanco, sentados donde había estado el cuerpo de Jesús, una a la cabeza, a la cabecera y el otro a los pies. ¿Por qué lloras, mujer? Le preguntaron los ángeles. Es que se han llevado a mi Señor y no sé dónde lo han puesto, le, le respondió. Apenas dijo esto, volvió la mirada y allí vio a Jesús de pie, aunque no sabía que era Él. Jesús le dijo, ¿por qué lloras, mujer? ¿A quién buscas? Ella pensando que se trataba de un, del que cuidaba el huerto, le dijo, Señor, si usted se ha llevado, se lo ha llevado, dígame dónde lo ha puesto y yo iré por él. María, le dijo Jesús. Ella se volvió y exclamó, Raboni, que en arameo significa maestro, suéltame porque todavía no he vuelto al Padre. Ve más bien a mis hermanos y dile, vuelvo a mi Padre, que es Padre de ustedes, y a mi Dios, que es Dios de ustedes. María Magdalena fue a darle la noticia a los discípulos. He visto al Señor, exclamaba, y les contaba lo que él había dicho the word of God for you la palabra de Dios para ti let us pray Lord we thank you for this resurrection morning we thank you for being able to celebrate the life of Jesus we ask oh Lord now that you will use my thoughts and my words to be your own Lord inspire my words to be a blessing to us as we share about this resurrection story we pray that it's a blessing to all those watching and listening online In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. While it was still dark, we wouldn't have made it at this 11 o'clock service to that time because it was while it was still dark, they got up to go to the tomb. Mary Magdalene in this version, we have to understand that like many stories in Scripture, they're told from different perspectives in the different Gospels. So different gospels will give you different angles on the same story. And just like if you had three neighbors telling you what happened on the street, they would tell you different things that they saw. The different gospels cover things in different ways. And so the, the version we have today in the gospel of John is one that has a lot of different details that some of the other versions don't have. So we're going to try to stick to this one and fill in the gaps with some of the others. Basically, it was still dark, and Mary Magdalene is headed to the tomb. She gets there, and the stone that used to seal the entrance to the tomb has been rolled away. We're told that she runs back to Simon Peter immediately. You know, when the tomb is, is open, and you were expecting it to be closed, you go find somebody, you tell them. You don't just sit there, you go tell somebody. Because this is not ordinary. You know, if you went to visit your relative's grave to go pay your respect, to bring some flowers and lay them down, and you found that it had been dug up, I can guarantee you, you're going to make a ruckus. You're going to call somebody. Somebody's in trouble, right? Somebody has done wrong here. So she runs back to Simon Peter to tell him that, that somebody's been in the tomb of Jesus. And if you read carefully the account that we have here in John, it doesn't just say that she went back and told them the tomb is open. She said the body is missing. 
So somewhere along the story, she actually looked in. She might have not gone in, but she looked in because she knew that the body was not there. She knew that the body was missing. And when a body is missing, like I said, you got to report it. You got to tell somebody because we have to find it. It becomes one of those CSI cases now where you got to bring in the forensics team, right? And start looking for tracks and start looking for evidence to find out what happened to this body. So she goes to tell Peter and Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved run to the tomb. And you know, Peter, Peter was a fisherman. He liked to eat. And I think he had had one too many fish the night before because the other disciple outran him to the tomb. I don't know if he was just older and the other disciple was younger and in better shape, but I can just imagine Peter running over there because he was the last one to arrive, right? And the other disciple got there first, but he wasn't going to go in the tomb. He was going to wait for Peter to do that because Peter was the brave one. And the scripture says Peter got there and he actually went in. And when Peter went in, he looked inside the tomb and what did he see? He saw the linens that used to be around Jesus' head all bundled up in one side. And the, the coverings, the linens that used to cover the body, neatly folded down on the other side. Kids, Jesus knows how to make his bed. Even in resurrection, he is orderly. He made his bed. He rolled it up. He had it set up. And Peter walks in and he sees there's no body. There's only the linens that used to be around the body of Jesus, rolled up, neatly folded. And the scripture says the other disciple that had come and arrived before Peter, now that Peter was inside and he hadn't heard any screams, followed him in to check it out. He came in as well and we're told that he believed. But this is an interesting portion of scripture because we're told he believed but we're not told what he believed we're told in fact that the disciples didn't really understand the scriptures that had been written about him having to die and come back to life and so what he believed is kind of a mystery to us did he believe that Jesus was actually alive and walking around or did he believe that the body had definitely been stolen and somebody had taken it. We don't know what he believed because we're not told in Scripture. What we are told is basically that after seeing all of this, after finding the tomb empty, the body missing, the linens rolled, the disciples go, okay, let's go home. And I don't know about you, but if my grandma's body was missing from the grave, I would not be going home. I would be turning every stone looking for it. I would be racing Cain. I would be calling that funeral director. I would be finding out who was the last person that was at that tomb. But the disciples packed it up and went home. And we're told that Mary could not let it go. Mary stood outside the tomb weeping crying she was probably crying have you ever cried this way where you can't see anymore because you're crying so hard 
Because tears are just streaming down your face so much that you see blurry because you're looking through your own tears. And if you've ever looked through, through a glass with water on the other side, you know how it is. It, it, it all blurs. And I can imagine that she's just weeping to the point that just tears are just flowing and flowing and she is almost inconsolable because she is missing the body of Jesus. You know, it was hard enough for her to lose him on Friday when he died on the cross. This was like losing him all over again. You know, some of you might remember a story that broke the news here in Georgia a few years back of a crematorium that was discovered that they weren't cremating the bodies. They were literally dumping them in the back or something and they weren't burning them and, re, you know, getting the ashes to return to the people. And people were extremely upset when that happened. But you know what the number one thing they wanted to know was? Where's the body of my loved one? The idea of the body not being laid to rest in its proper place in the right way was so disturbing that people could not fathom that. People took trips to the crematorium trying to find out. The police had to completely seal the place to keep people out because people were coming that had had their loved ones sent there because they needed to know where the body of their loved one was. And of course, for those that have, had lost loved ones years before, this was like, like ripping open the wound again of their grief. And this is how Mary felt that day. She was just crying and crying and crying. And she just could not get over the fact that the, the, the body of Jesus was missing in action. And as she cried, she decided to take a peek into the tomb. And she saw there two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been laid. One at the head and one at the feet. And I love John because John doesn't tell you there was two handsome guys in white. He says, plain out, there were two angels dressed in white. He wants there to be no doubt that these are messengers from God. He wants us to understand that they were there to confirm the resurrection of Jesus. And they asked Mary, why are you crying, woman? And you know, if I was Mary, I would have wanted to slap them. I mean, this is a tomb, and my Lord's body is missing. Duh. I'm crying because I can't find the body of my Lord. They have taken him, and I have no idea where they have laid him, and I can't deal with that. It's too much. I can't deal with that. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I lost him once on Friday. I've lost him now on Sunday. I can't bear the grief. It's too difficult. And then we're told Mary turns around and she sees another man, a third person, assuming this man to be the gardener. 
It was actually Jesus. But remember, she's crying so hard she can't hardly see. And this man too asked her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And again, Mary had more restraint than I because that would have been the second slap. I would have been like, what do you mean? The body of Jesus is missing. And then for a moment, she thought he was the gardener and she said, you know what? Maybe you took him. I'm not blaming you. I'm not pointing fingers. See, Mary was not interested in blaming anybody. She wasn't interested in getting anybody in trouble. She wasn't interested in making a big fuss with anybody that everybody would find out. She simply wanted to find Jesus. You know, there are times when we simply want to find Jesus. When all we want is to be in his presence and in his grace. When all we want is to know that he's right there with us in a moment of need or desperation. And the scripture tells us that Jesus said to her, Mary. And this word, Mary, was her name. And, you know, nobody says your name like Jesus. Nobody says your name like Jesus. She had been with Jesus all this time in ministry. She had heard him and overheard him as he taught the disciples, as he preached to the masses, as he did miracles. But when he said her name, she recognized him for who he was. She realized that this was Jesus. And she called him Rabini, teacher. In recognition that it really was him. And in that split moment, Mary went from looking for a dead body to realizing that the Lord was alive before her. Can you imagine the roller coaster of emotion at that moment? Have you ever had your grief turned into joy? Because that is what happened to her that morning. That is what happened to her at that precise moment. Jesus said her name in that Jesus-esque way that nobody else has. And I can almost imagine the fear, the tension, all of the concern just go... As she realized that Jesus was not missing... You know, we would do well to remember that Jesus is our teacher. Teacher not only in life, but in death and in resurrection. Jesus taught us not only how to live our lives, but also how to die and how to be raised again. You know, to be able to die offering forgiveness to those who are causing your death, is an incredible thing. Most of us, if we would have gone through what Jesus went through, would have wanted to curse those who were hurting us. We would have wanted to lash out, get vengeance, get retribution, but not Jesus. Instead of doing that, he offered grace, forgiveness, and even a place in paradise to those who hung next to him 
that in our book probably wouldn't have deserved it. Jesus taught us in his death how to live and how to die properly before God. And now as he was raised from the dead, he was still teaching us. He was teaching us by knowing that Mary needed to see him that morning. Knowing that she needed to find out where he was because she needed to have the joy of the resurrection. And I want to tell you, we all need the joy of the resurrection. Every single one of us who has lived in sin and has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus needs the joy of the resurrection because that is where our hope lies. That one day, when our time in this life is over, if we have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we will have eternal life with God because of what Jesus did on the cross, what he did at the tomb, and what he did when he went back up and ascended to the Father. Jesus told Mary, don't hold on to me because I haven't yet ascended to the Father, to my God and your God, to the one who sent me on this mission to begin with, to the one who orchestrated this whole plan of salvation. You have something to do. I'm going to give you a task. I'm going to give you a mission. I'm going to give you a purpose. Go and tell my brothers, tell Peter, tell the disciples what you have seen and what you have heard from me. Why? Because they need the joy of the resurrection too. Because they too need to know that I have come back to life and that because I live, they will live also. They need to know that there is hope and that I am hope and that I am life. You know, Mary went. She went back to them and told them, what Jesus had said. And you know, depending on the gospel you read, you find that their response was kind of mixed. Some of the disciples apparently did not believe her. They doubted her account. Some of her, some of them dismissed her as maybe a little bit too grief-stricken and seeing things. And others probably even ridiculed her, thinking that she had lost her mind. But you know what? It didn't matter to Mary. Because when you have witnessed and experienced the risen Lord, that is more important and more joy-provoking than any ridicule or persecution that the world can throw at you. It is more important than anything that the world can throw at you at any point, whether it be sickness or difficulty or troubled in life. If you have the joy of the resurrection, you can live in victory in Jesus. And you can declare victory every single day because Jesus already paid the price for your sins and my sins. So Mary understood that sharing her faith with others and believing in the message that she was sharing was more important 
than what others would do with it. And today, what I want to leave with you is that same thought. It is more important for us to continue to share the joy of the resurrection and the message of Jesus as the bringer of life than to worry about what people will say or do when we share that message. We should not be worried about what they will think about us. We should worry only about what God thinks about us as we become his ambassadors into the world, telling people that in Jesus there is life, there is forgiveness, and there's grace. Don't hesitate to share your story because somebody out there needs to hear it. Somebody out there needs to hear your story, not anybody else's story, your story of faith, so that they can believe that if God did it for you, God can do it for them. So that they can believe that if God helped you through a situation or an illness or a loss or a grief, God can help them too. And you know, people are not going to believe it until they hear from a real life person who went through it and God was there with them. They won't believe it if you tell them like a second hand or third hand story. But when it's your story and when it's your experience of walking with Jesus, people listen. And then you let your life reflect that that story it's still true in your life. You know, I bet you Mary was never the same after encountering the risen Lord at the tomb. And if you have encountered the risen Lord, you shouldn't either. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the resurrection story. We thank you, Lord, for the experience of Mary at the tomb as she came face to face with the risen Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you will help us to have that same encounter if we haven't had it in our lives, that we will come face to face with you as you call out our name and as you tell us to tell others about your grace and about your love. Help us to go tell others and not worry about what they will say or think, but to know that the message of the good news of the resurrection is the message everyone needs to hear because we all need the joy of the resurrection. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.